Hello, welcome to GunfighterCast, episode number 114. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw. In this episode, I've got with me Instructor Zero. Well, actually, he's not with me, but he was with me a few months ago when we were in Wichita, Kansas, and sat down together in Thunderbird Firearms Academy. A little bit of a audio hiccup in there because there was a lot of gunfire. We just think of it as more added content. I hope you enjoy the show. Zero talks about a lot of things he's never talked about before. And we get into some pretty cool stuff about his outlook and philosophy on training in the firearms industry. Take a listen and enjoy right after this. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. Violence can come see you. Probably the same reason in Italy. You know, I'm sure they felt the same way in France. And it's it's heartbreaking every time it happens because it seems like it's a surprise every time. It, it shouldn't be a surprise anymore. Yeah, uh, we have in Europe a really a different kind of mindset. I mean, in Europe we it's crazy because we we build uh, our mistakes. I mean, we uh, we are going to uh, to prepare our fault uh, because when we uh, we start to uh, take up some crazy laws about immigrations, about uh, weapons, uh, and you start to have an entire uh, continent that is an army. So basically, what I try to explain is that if you uh, have a lot of sheep and you put all the sheep inside a pin uh, and you're going to remove the sheep dogs you need to be sure that the wolf never go inside because otherwise is uh, for the wolf would be very easy to kill all the sheep and this is what's happened exactly what's happened now in Europe because we have uh, uh, wrong laws about immigration, crazy laws, laws about gun. So they continue to ban gun, the guns from honest citizens, from you know, from people that can defend the community, the society, and this. Uh, doesn't change nothing in the black market. What's happening in Paris, for example, the attacks, they made an attacks with an AK-47, but those AK-47, we tracked the AK-47. They came from former Yugoslavia, from a factory that wasn't a former Yugoslavia. They came from black market. They, they didn't come from uh, a legal market. So we have no days. We have uh, uh, nothing that we can uh, say that maybe it's better if we are going to remove the weapons from the honest citizen because someone used it in the uh, in the wrong way, or the terrorists can use that those weapons for making. We have the same thing here in the U.S. You know, a sign on a door that says "No guns allowed," or. Uh, they'll pass legislation, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that people it's harder to get these guns. And there's never been a single time in history, and I, I'm willing to bet on this. I can't really prove it. You know, and I was gonna go in this place and murder 15,000 people, or murder 20 people, or murder one person, but I, they had that sign on the door that said, you know, no guns allowed. Or I, I was gonna bring in illegal AKs from Yugoslavia, but they're illegal. 
But so is murder. Murder is illegal, and that doesn't stop murderers. You know, so the whole idea that uh, this whole world has in Europe and the U.S. and people who are just staunchly anti-gun, it's it's almost it seems like they they it's like I said at the beginning. It's not that, it's just people don't understand and they don't want to accept that violence can come visit them. And their little law that says no guns allowed is not going to ever stop violence. They could have a sign that says no murders allowed. It's not going to stop a murder. A store can have a sign that says no robberies allowed. Nobody's going to care about these signs. Yeah, I'm agree, totally agree. And we need to study the numbers because we have many cases. Not, not all in the United States. For example, in 1997, the UK banned all the, the firearms. Now it's one of the country with the highest uh, violent crimes in Europe. Well, a lot of them look at gun death. They say, well, the U.S. has more gun death than anybody. And then they're looking, and, they're, and most of those are gang violence. And then you have the rest of that is suicides. And you have some murders that aren't related to gangs, but it's not a very huge number. But then you go to a place like anywhere in Europe, basically, and yeah, there's not the gun violence, but there's still violent crime. They're using other tools to still commit the violent crimes. Yeah. And we have also a lot of gang in, uh, in the black market. And, you know, I think that this is a is a is an important concept. I mean, we want to to give to to the firearms to the gangs a meaning that, in my opinion, they have not. For example, is is not the uh, the potential uh, uh, that uh, have a firearm that is dangerous, but only the uh, the subject that is behind is using the firearms that uh, he can make the firearm dangerous for someone else if he's wrong if he's use it in a wrong way but this we can say the same thing with a car but for example in Europe you have more deaths in one weekend in what we can have in 10 years about a wrong use of firearms but nobody took Right. When when you start to drive a car and you are drunk and you are you know that you are drunk and you start to drive a car, you you become a danger for many other people. But the car is a common uh, a common vector, you know, is an object that everyone can use. So it's not the object, but the use that we are going to to have, or we are going to how we are going to use that object. That, can make the difference. Well, it's 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 a it's an emotional response. It's not looking at facts or data or history. It's just an emotional response. All oh, that gun's evil. I don't want to blame the human because blaming the human accepts so that the human can be evil. Uh, so let me blame the gun on this. And that's what happens in the U.S. all the time. I'm sure it happens in Europe as well. You know, if we looked at the statistics for how many kids choked on hot dogs, how many kids drowned in swimming pools, and then how many kids died at gun deaths, it's uh. It's pretty astounding. You would think that there would be a lot more organizations that were, you know, moms demand swimming pool covers, moms demand safer hot, mushier hot dogs. I don't know something, but uh, you think there would be, but it's not. It's not about. It's not about the. It's the object. It's the. Uh, it's yeah. an emotional response that ignores every ounce of data. Yeah. Also in Europe, you have uh, many different reasons. Uh, now we uh, we are, you know, we are in a. Particular condition, even for economic, the economy in Europe is uh, is 
it's I think it's a particular moment for all the world. But you know, we need to we need to react. This is a this is an important moment. We need to stop uh, to continue to make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. We need to learn from our mistakes, from what we did wrong in the past. What you know, uh, we we received an attack, in, a huge attack in Paris, and people uh, they think that. Uh, those guys, the the guys, the terrorists that made uh, that action, they, they were a profession. They're not a profession for luck, uh, because the actions and what they they did was not because they were a profession, but only because it was so easy to to. Realize. As soon as I can have my AK with ammo in a country where nobody can carry a weapon, I can do whatever I want. Right. And this is why in Texas we need to take this kind of example. In Texas, two terrorists, they tried to do the same attack, but they made three meters from their car and they were shot down. Right. No injuries, no death. Why? Because a lot of people, they can have, they can carry a gun, they can try to defend themselves and the community. And this is why probably I'm wrong. I, I was born in the wrong country. But we need to try to change in Europe this kind of mindset. And yes, here one of uh, the best things you have in the United States is that you can test, really, you can have the test of freedom. Uh, and the Second Amendment for me is, is really uh, an important part. From an Italian, you know, somebody that's comes and visits every once in a while to the U.S. and uh, obviously you have a lot of followers and fans in the U.S. What is your take on the Second Amendment? You know, how, what do you, how do you see that? There's pretty much no other country out there that has what we have. How do you see that from an outside perspective looking in? I think that uh, the Second Amendment is uh, it's really a part of uh, the personality of this country. This country is, is built on the Second Amendment. So it's uh, what uh, the perception that I have as a foreign uh, foreign man here is is exactly this. I mean, I love the United States. I love the mindset, and I love the as I told her, I love the test of freedom that we can have here. And the Second Amendment for me is a part of of that test. And you know, I think that uh, the right. give you, uh, when you own a gun, you, uh, you are going to own a big ride. The ride that you can defend yourself, your family, your home, your property, your life. And this is, uh, is something that's very important because for, uh, for a country that is a democratic country, you need to, to follow that all the citizens, they need to have this right. And at the same time, I say to everyone that wants to carry a weapon, outside, it's not a joke. Carry a weapon is not uh, something that you can take uh, it's a time big responsibility. It's a, yeah, it's a right. big responsibility. And it's a lifestyle. But here, the mindset is so different between all the rest of the world. And this is an important point. You know, because we can't make any kind of comparisons uh, between Europe and the United States or South America and the United States. Because the United States are, are, are a huge, it's a, a huge country, huge community, people with many different uh, 
minds. So different kind of mindset also. But what I what I found every time here, you know, uh, one time last year I was in a, an NRA convention and uh, I was uh, invited uh, at the dinner of the NRA and I was with uh, my back to uh, how you call uh, the uh, the podium, okay, yeah. the podium, podium, podium. I was uh, with my back uh, the podium. At one time, at one moment, I think we were inside that uh, probably 2,000, 2,500 people. It was full. But at one moment, becomes everything became quiet. The silence go down, and I start to look in around and, and at that moment I didn't understand what's what's going on, what's that? Because I didn't see that. Behind me the flag went inside with the Marines. Everybody woke up. Me too. And everyone uh read the flag. Salute or paid honors or okay. but in absolute silence. No one knows, no one nothing. Walls are really something that I think that I'm going to re to remember this for because it was so the emotions that you that I felt in that moment was great. And I saw the flag go up, everyone gave his, uh, his grief to the flag and until the flag exit no one no one knows no one voice nothing no one on the phone no one uh, I didn't hear uh, phone that you know the the sound of nothing it was a mess and there you can see something that is is very deep there you can see the record that people have for for some important uh, values, like the flag, like the country. Many different people united under the same goal. And this, you know, in, in Europe we have many, many values. You know, we have uh, a lot of culture because we have a lot of history. But what we lost in the last years, probably in the last 50 years, is exactly this, the respect to be united under the flag, the respect for the flag, for the country, for some dollars that are so important. You know. We're losing that right now in the U.S. Yeah. In, in some areas it's stronger than it maybe have been in many years because of so many veterans who have sustained combat, combat on multiple fronts uh, for over a decade. Uh, there's a, a large amount of reverence, and it's and you know, many of them look at the flag the way I do. I see blood, you know. I, I see somebody, people that I loved and cared about. They they bled on another country or on this country before I was born, uh, so that that flag could still fly. There's people now that think it's more of a political thing, and they'll step on it and burn it and walk on it. We've had that throughout the history. Some of those, maybe it's media are pushing it harder now. Yeah. Maybe it's happening more. Like that. But there's a there's a lack of respect, and uh, I, I believe that someone should have the right that I, I personally help provide them to trample a flag if they want to. 
I saw, for example, about what you said, I saw a video that was an interesting video. I saw uh, a bunch of young guys that a kind of a kind of person that we have also in Europe. They, there are a kind of person that they are against everything, but probably they don't know really. They don't know any of uh, it. About if you are going to ask uh, under the face why they are against what, probably they don't know. But uh, could be a good chance to make so. Uh, so I saw on the video something happening in the United States. A bunch of uh, these young guys burning a, a flag, and I saw an old man that uh, started to fight with, with all of them to to try to defend the, the flag. And you know this is the kind of mindset. But my experiences in this country, what I saw in this country in these years, during these years, every time I am here is. Is, uh, probably I, I met the proper persons, I don't know, but uh, it's a deep respect for many values like that. And this is something that, that are so linked with the Second Amendment. You've mostly hung out with gun people, and I, yeah. I believe that they're the top 1% of uh, U.S. society. They're the most generous, caring, thoughtful, and respectful and reverent percentage of the U.S. population. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel I'm... I have a big, every time I'm here, I feel like a second home. For me, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really like this. I, I love the mindset, people are so friendly. You can talk with uh, everyone, you can exchange experiences. This is very important. And I know every country has its problem. Uh, but uh, I think uh, about, no, no, for coming back to the original question, the Second Amendment is a, is a part of your story, and you, nobody can should change this because it uh, could mean that you are going to change your identity as a as one nation. You know what I mean? And as you said, many people are dying for this, so you should not change your identity. I agree. For politics. You have a lot of fans all over the world and uh, all over the U.S. When you think of about a fan, I, I have fans and an audience. It blows my mind that people pay attention to me. Like, why does anybody care what I have to say about anything? Sometimes people talk to me and they thank me for talking to them. And I, it's so confusing every time. Because uh, if my toilet's broke at home, my wife's going to make me fix it. Like, I, I am not special. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, it's, it, it, it surprises me every time whenever I meet someone that says they're a fan. Because that just, how do you feel about your fans? The folks that follow you and, and see everything you're doing and uh, they love to keep up with you. Uh, for me, it's the same. I mean, uh, I don't feel myself special at all. I, I feel myself like a little stone in the universe. Uh, uh, I work as an instructor, but uh, if I need to define myself, I'm more like a student than like an instructor. I mean, that's, uh, what I try to do in my life is to learn. And uh, even if are many years that I work in my uh, in my sector, uh, I feel like I I just probably near the base of the mountain. <laughs> and, but this. Uh, at the same time, gives me a, a lot of power, a lot of energy to improve myself, to try to. They hold you accountable too, is what it does for me. I've got to make sure I'm right because they trust me, you know, and I, I can't give them bad information. Yeah, this is something that uh, you know, as uh, what I always say is, it's the same. I mean, 
be an instructor is not to teach people to how to shoot the target. Be an instructor mean uh, it's a lifestyle again because you need to you should be a room uh, a room model for for the community uh, because uh, you can teach really more than just hit the target. Uh, I don't work a lot in, uh, on the civilian market. Uh, we work almost time with the units, but it's the same process. And what makes me really happy uh, is that uh, what I found in my experience, first I, I, cons uh, I consider my, myself uh, really like a, a little stone. I mean, uh, sometimes I, uh, I went in some place that I was so honored just to walk there. And even if I was there for work, for teacher, for share information. But what I saw, I had the luck to have met many different persons. Uh, a lot of them, they, they wrote the history of the last, the, the last 50 years in this world. And I have met good people and bad people. I mean, not only good guys, but this is a, a part of my, of my life. And what made me so happy is that everywhere I went, even if uh, I met people so different between my culture, so different countries so far, with different kind of mindset, different kind of uh, traditions, but these, uh, you know, we were brothers. We are brothers. I mean, we were there, and even if, if we uh, if we speak different languages, especially with me, uh, where I need to speak in English with the translator, and then the translator uh, is going to translate uh, in an, in another language, it depends which country where we touch in that moment. Uh, we were under the same point, the same values, the same. Uh, never mind the flags, never mind, uh, never mind the country, the culture. We fight for the same reason. We fight. Uh, that's good versus against, evil. Yeah, that's yeah. that's is uh, is. I think that in the life there is a black line, and there are people that are the proper part, the good part of the line, and the bad part of the line. Then we can we can call them terrorists, drug dealers, uh, criminals, whatever. For us, are the same targets. Great. Tell me about that uh, flag that you wear. So you asked me before, tell me something that you never said before. This is exactly, I never said this. I, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to go in on the details because it's not all about me, but it's also about another person. So as for privacy, for it's, it's something that I want to keep private, you know. But I want to explain why because I received many, many uh, questions about well, why you dress a hostage flag every time or often. So normally I, I dress in the hat, the flag where of the country where I am. Uh, and this is a, it's a kind of uh, respect that I want to give to the country that owned me, host me in that moment. And, but when I dressed the host, I never been uh, in Australia before. And, but I want to, I want to be there for sure. It's, it's the only continent that I, uh, I, n I never touched in my life. All the rest of the world I touched before. So, uh, one of, was a, it's a particular story. 
it's, uh, it's happened uh, more than one years ago. Yeah, close to two years ago. Uh, one night I was in uh, my home and I received a message from uh, an Australian guy, a veteran guy. And uh, the message was a strange message because it was uh, something that uh, was a mix between uh, a challenge and and something that uh, uh, you know you, I, 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 when I read the messages it uh, seemed positive and negative in the same way at the same time but uh, was a case that I, I spent a lot of time this is another thing that a uh, few person know I spent a lot of my free time uh, behind the page to, uh, to reply to uh, the front messages because we received something like 200 messages per day so it become very hard even if we have a team that uh, uh, worked uh, behind the page for the private messages become very hard to follow all the messages but that time that night I was uh, I was working on uh, on the page and I received this message and I, I, I read the messages and I replied soon to the messages and uh, the the second message uh, was uh, from the guy. He said, uh, he wrote, uh, I'm not believed that you are instructor zero. I think you are a guy that they care about. I said, no, zero. Uh, and we talk about veterans because uh, the message was uh, linked uh, on. In uh, that moment, we followed a campaign. We supported the campaign about the 22 uh, that uh, they, uh, we have here in the United States. So I realized a bit about that. And so the message was linked about that. And I said, no, I'm zero. And said, you need to prove uh, zero. I'm, I don't trust that I'm talking straight with zero. So I said, listen, let's move from the page and let's go in my personal profile. So we, we went in my personal profile and we started to talk with my messages. And he asked me, uh, you said that uh, you want to help or you are helping veterans. How much time you can give to a veteran? And I say, probably the question is another. How much time the veteran can give to me? And these, uh, those two questions, from that moment, we took it for an entire night. And it was a particular day for that guy was one of uh, the day that, uh, you know, everyone uh, is uh, fight with uh, an invisible uh, enemy like uh, PTSD. You know that you have, uh, some days are more difficult than uh, others. And probably that day was, uh, was uh, particularly difficult for that guy. So, uh, starting from that moment, I reminded uh, during the conversation that uh, someone at the SHOT show, some uh, Australian SF, uh, they gave me uh, the hosting flight. So I said, wait one moment, i show you something. And I, and I, sh uh, I showed him the flag and I, and I said, so let's, let's make a bet, let's make a promise, an agreement, a, pro a broader agreement, a broader's agreement. Every time I dress the flag means that I think about you. We never talk about that. We never talk anymore about this story. But this is why 
addressed them. I, and a few times, we, we, we talked to them a few, few times ago, a few months ago, I received messages. And the guy said, uh, my life has changed. Not by me. Now start to be better. So I continue to, to dress. This is the story behind the house flag. There's all kind of stuff all over the internet. People questioning if uh, you are qualified, or you know things, or don't know things, or what you've done or haven't done. You're a chef in Italy. You're uh, all kind of stuff that uh, that I, I've heard out there. That I don't know where it comes from. Um, you know, obviously, I haven't been with you for your entire life. I don't know everything you have and haven't done. We've hung out quite a few times now, and I've seen you teach classes, you know, multiple classes now. And uh, you do things somewhat differently than I do. Doesn't it make it wrong? Anything like that? Uh, just I'd never seen anything uh, that was always the same as what we do in the U.S. or what's common in any country that I've trained in. Uh, it's also, I enjoy getting other perspectives out of it. But there's a lot of folks out there that are very close-minded to that kind of stuff. And you know, you referred to them earlier as your haters. Uh, you've got quite a few of those. What does that mean to you like when you say my hater? When you see people talking negative or just posting something negative, um, how do you handle that? So, first of all, we need to say that, you know, internet is, is huge. So, it's impossible that you can be good for everyone. But we have a really a different kinds of haters. I think that uh, there are sometimes, uh, you know, I'm I'm the best follower I'm about uh, to you know to have uh, to exchange information and to discuss about different point of view. Uh, if we do with respect and if we do with a goal, because in that moment we can grow. Everyone can grow because you grow when you share your information, when you can have, when you receive some critics. Uh, the critics uh, could be positive uh, if uh, who made the critic, uh, they touch uh, a technical point or uh, show you uh, that uh, maybe you can have some critical point uh, on some options or something like that. I, I want to, what I try to explain is that uh, it's, uh, for me, uh, it's very important I have a big pleasure for me even to have a, a discussion with people that are not agree in some technical points and we can discuss, but at the same time, uh, I think that uh, for sure there are many uh, different ways uh, to arrive to the same goal. Even because we come from different cultures, different experiences, uh, we, we, you know, uh, one of the, uh, the best luck that uh, I had in my life, for example, is that I had the opportunity to, to work and to teach in so many different countries with so many different units. And every unit has a different task, uh, has a different mindset. Uh, and uh, is in a country with, uh, the, where maybe you can find different laws, uh, different traditions. So we don't need to make uh, a mistake. And this is probably one of 
uh, of the thing that sometimes I found in the United States that uh, a lot of time people uh, here they think that all the world is like the United States, but it's not. Uh, I mean, every country is so different. So you can't apply the same training protocols that you apply in South America with some counter, special country narcotic units, the same way that you apply in Europe with a, uh, the same units or with the counter narcotic units in Europe because they, um, the environment uh, is so different and uh, not only the environment, the conditions are, are so different. Uh, for example, what, what you can do in the United States of law enforcement is something that we can't in, in Italy or in other countries of Europe. Uh, what uh, some units can, uh, they can do in South America is something that for sure is impossible to apply in Europe or maybe even in the United States or in Southeast Asia. In my life I work in, in Africa, I work in the uh, Middle West, uh, in Middle East, sorry. I, I work in uh, Asia, Southeast Asia, uh, East Europe, uh, Europe, uh, United States, South America. So I had so many different uh, experiences. And every time I work uh, with some unit, uh, I share information, but I learn a lot because I had the opportunity to, to, uh, to see the units at work, to, to, to understand that kind of environment. And you know, there are so many different applicative environments uh, between what we can find around. So we need to define what, uh, we need to give a meaning about the word haters. Because you know, there are many different haters. You can find uh, the hater that just uh, keyboard commander or internet commander where you know you can they can write whatever they want here's one that happens a lot person x trains with instructor x not zero and after that course immediately or a year after they, they'll find something on the internet and they'll tag that instructor and all their other friends who they think also believe the same things that they believe and hey, look what so and so did. Look what I just found. Ha ha ha. Let's all go there and make fun of them. Uh, or blah blah. And a lot of these folks that are going to make fun of this person are going to comment on it. They don't understand the context of what they just saw. They don't understand that the way that they were taught is not the only way and it's not the only atmosphere. It is not the only thing that could be used to solve, you know, whatever the problem is. Because they're not developed enough. They're not well rounded enough to understand that they're not even well rounded enough. Uh, so they don't get all that. So they go call all their friends around to go make comments and hate on something. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of these. I've got a couple of individuals that hate me, but I don't have like any of those groups. But I see it in all over the firearms industry in the U.S. with you and with a bunch of other instructors out there. And I, I guess I've just dodged them for some way because they think I'm a nice guy. Maybe I hopefully maybe that's what it is. <laughs> the problem is we have all these different people that they're looking for some kind of self-gratification. They're, they're trying to, hey, look, I'm awesome. Remember I'm awesome? Hey, can you remind me that I'm awesome? Let's, let's go make fun of this guy and say that he's not awesome, but make sure we say that each other are awesome at the same time. And we don't accomplish anything. We don't learn anything. We don't ask a question like, hey, could you explain what you're doing there a little bit more detail? Because I only saw a minute and a half snapshot of a video, and I don't have the whole reasoning why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, could you elaborate on that? Because I would like to learn. Maybe there's something I'm missing, and then we can grow. But that's not happening in the firearms industry right now at all. Yeah, and think about that. Uh, 
this is an this is an important point. I mean, uh, the first uh, the first question is, do you ever met the instructor or another the professional that uh, you are uh, you are talking in first person? Uh, did you ever uh, join a class with him? Did you ever work with him? Uh, did you uh, ever test him during his work so you can say something or not? You know, uh, because it's very easy and it's very but at the same time it's so wrong uh, if you start to write just because someone told you that uh, uh, some information that you never verified before that you just repeat and maybe you make bigger or smaller or you change a piece and the next change another piece and this is what uh, is something that for me is not professional at all I mean that uh, uh, you know I think that uh, for example, in my in my opinion, I always push. I don't work a lot in a, in, a, in a civilian market, but when I work in a civilian market with a, with students, I always push my students to try to go and to join other instructors, other training courses, because so they can have a different point of view. Of uh, they don't need to uh, to filter all the options in the base of my experience, but they need to filter in the base of their experience and their needs. So I, I always push my students to uh, to join different training courses, different instructors, because everyone could uh, everyone could give them a different information, more information in the base of their experiences. You have an experience, a life. Experience, a, a, a job experience in your in your life that is different between mine, between another professional in this industry. It doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean that you are better or worse than another. If you are, if you work seriously or not, what it make the difference is this: is how you work, which is your ethic, what your how you teach to the student. So, how do you deal with these haters? Like, what's your policy on on what you do? So it depends which kind of haters uh, we found. Normally, uh, a lot of people uh, they always repeat to me, "Hey, Zero, don't take care about the haters because you know more is the, the exposure that you're going to have, and more are the haters that you're going to collect. That's this is the rule." And a lot of people say, "Me, don't lose your, don't waste your time to reply to this kind of person." But I think that, uh, except when I found someone that start to with a a huge lack of respect or that someone that start to be offensive uh, and in a silly way I mean uh, without any kind of technical point just to be offensive in that case I don't reply right but, they're not worth it because I, it's just for uh, it's just you know but when I find uh, when I find people that they make some uh, critics about uh, uh, my job there is for me it's a really interesting moment and I try to explain but you know uh, what we saw is that uh, almost time the, uh, the haters are, uh, are people that are not uh, they have not so so much experience or they have no experience because people that work and uh, work as profession they have no time to, to follow this kind of uh, even because it's very easy to write whatever you want uh, behind the screen behind the keyboard with a popcorn in your house, you need to before you need to take your nose and your sorry for your ass out of the country, bring your ass in some different area, different zone in the world, and then you can talk about experience. That really brings me to my last point that I wanted to make. There's a big problem in the firearms industry right now, where 
It's like there's a bunch of trolls out there that are constantly looking for someone to put down, someone to call out, someone to, like I said earlier, go bring all their friends and, hey, make sure you tell them I'm awesome, but let's go tell them this person they're not awesome. We should really be thinking about bringing each other up and holding each other accountable. All these idiots out there that are in a race to the bottom uh, to see who can be the most dangerous on YouTube or have the most realistic class with people shooting at each other almost, people downrange, all kind of dangerous stuff that's going on. People are getting hurt. They're going to continue to get hurt. People are going to get killed and it's going to hurt everybody in the firearms community. And we need to police those people up. But going around, and I, I, it blows my mind that people have the time to, to get involved in the gun industry drama that they are. I've, I've started you know breaking contact with some uh, uh, people that I just see are always little drama queens and drama kings because I have no idea. I've got so much work to do, so many things that I have to do. I've put together a lot of classes that we do here at Thunderbird Farms Academy and they all change because I get new data, I get new information, I, I study, I, 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 I get better and I, I learn new things and then uh, I'm working on the next thing and I just, and then I'm working on my own skills. I have no idea how these folks have the time to go scour the internet and just to look for people to to validate their own self, you know, with all their friends. It, I don't want to, I don't want to be around that kind of person. I'm not going to be a part of that part of the firearms community. It's not going to happen. And whenever I see it, I'm walking away from that person or that event wherever it's going on. Yeah, I think that uh, is correct what you said, uh, and I perfectly agree. I mean, you know. I think that an instructor that pushed their students to uh, to go on the internet and take down another profession and this and that is not really a professional or is not is not and it's not an instructor. It's someone that maybe is in this industry to maybe a sociopath. Yeah, to collect money. Never mind what he did in his life. And this again is, you know, it's not about only what you did in your life, but also which kind of principle you have, which kind of ethic you put in your profession. I think that as a professional, I think that in this in this industry need uh, uh, we need to be happy to have more uh, good professional, uh, good competitor because more are good our competitor, more is high the level of uh, of the industry. So we provide service to the, to the student, especially in the, in the civilian market. So uh, if we if this industry become better, is because there are many persons that are good professionals. So I think that uh, one professional. Uh, should never call out another professional or talk, talk bad to, about another professional uh, to try to make better his business. Uh, I think that uh, you need to be focused in your job. And exactly, uh, I don't know how where they find the time because if you find time, if you have a time for do something like that, means probably that you don't work a lot. But if you don't work a lot, you, it's not a fault of the other professional or the other competitors. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe you need to to check yourself better. You need to. Uh, you need to ask to yourself a couple of questions and try to find a couple of answers. Uh, so this is uh, this is my opinion. We need to try to support each other in this industry because uh, more we do something like this, more uh, this industry could become better and stronger. Even because every time we start uh, any kind of drama inside this industry, uh, we offer a weak side to everyone that's outside want to close this industry, want to work against this industry. So we don't need to do something like that. Right. At the same time, you know, I think that uh, uh, we have a big responsibility as, as instructors. We have a big responsibility also to give an ethics to our students. If I found, for example, a student of mine that 
uh, well, goes in to another community or another structure and start to defame or insult or something like that. I'm the first that I, I will be in the part of the instructor. I mean, uh, I don't want to, 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 to that uh, my student never do something like that. They never do something like that. It's something that I really hate. Even because I think that everyone uh, is free to work in, uh, in his field, you know, how, how he wants. Uh, what is important that we respect the, the rules, the safety rules in our job, that we uh, we take care about the uh, the safety of the students, and out of this. But you know, another another big difference is also that, um, and you know perfectly because uh, you were inside a service, so uh, you know uh, what I'm talking for. But you know, another uh, huge difference is that when you work with uh, on a severe market, uh, a lot of time you can find many kind of instructors that they can teach whatever they want, because uh, you can find maybe some student that ha they have more experiences. But uh, almost time you can find you can say that to shoot in the proper way, you need to use your right foot, uh, link it to the gun, and could be a good thing. So a new position, you know. Uh, without explaining why, or uh, try to uh, even if you try to give some explanation, are just fancy explanation. But when you work with the units, this is something that you can't do it because when you are in front of different instructors in many years of combat experience uh, with uh, with different uh, specializations, and you start, to, you can say, you can lie, you can say, I don't know if I can say here, you can say bullshit because if you can do, if you start to do something like that, they are going to kick your ass very fast and very soon uh, even because they are going to uh, every time every day we, we receive feedback uh, from the unit when we work with the unit because they spend money so uh, they want to know how they spend uh, their money so this is uh, is another important point so every time we work and and sometimes when I discuss with some other instructors that uh, uh, maybe they they do this uh, they instruct part time and they do another job for, for leave uh, and I always ask them but you have uh, you share you ever share you ever share before your system your options with some professional with some different professional in the field because if you you didn't you just have your point of view but you never mentioned your point of view with a with a profession I argue with you know folks I mean? all the time you know for an example reload sending the slide forward do I press the button do I overhand rack do I inverted rack you know like those three things. I run into instructors all the time that they're only overhand rack. That's it. And I'm like, well, that's absolutely awesome until this hand's occupied and I'm on my shoulder or I'm shooting underneath the vehicle and I'm like somehow trying to get in this position where I'm on my head and my shoulder at the same time and getting that kind of leverage is a bit more difficult. Uh, or the, the way they use to reload their, their rifle, their AR, yeah. maybe a little bit different depending on the situation that they're in. And now their slings in the way and everything else. It's all about the atmosphere and everything else. I'm a believer in, in, in not only having one tool or yeah. to solve solutions. And there's a lot of folks out there that totally disagree with that. And I don't care if they disagree with me. I'll hear their perspective and their point of view because I have some pretty strong evidence to support the idea that we make good decisions when we have a few different options, but not too many options. Yeah. So what? What? Uh, this is. Uh, and, uh, and this is also uh, one of the biggest warranties that we can offer to the industry that we offer more than one point of view. Because if everyone teaches the same things, you can go to one instructor to the other, and you 
are you are going to have the same kind of uh, uh, filter? Yeah, if we're all That's teaching a, the same thing, a, right? Uh, yes, yeah, uh, we, we would that, be the NRA basic uh, pistol yes, course. Yes, exactly. So this is uh, is uh, is uh, something that is uh, is a big warranty for for our community for our industry. Uh, and uh, I'm a perfectly agree about the tools. I always say to my students, even with the units, I always say uh, our uh, our weapon is only one is the is the mind. Uh, what we use as firearms are just tools, and we need to you need, we need to see our mind uh, has a toolbox. So more are the, and uh, one option just as a tool again. So more are the tools that we can uh, have inside the toolbox. More is going to uh, are uh, more are the chance or the uh, the choices that we can have in a critical situation to try to escape or to survive or to win. But another important point is, uh, another example I always uh, do with a student is, even if me and you, we are going to join the same training course, so the same, uh, uh, the same options, uh, probably when, if we are going to be in a critical situation, we are going to choose different options in the base of our experience, and probably your experience is different than mine. So in the base of my experience, I'm going to choose an option, and maybe you are going to choose another option. But this could be based also not only in the base of experience, but also in the base of your body or my body, because I'm, I'm a short guy between uh, another guy that could be, or, uh, you know, uh, really higher than me, so with different measures. Uh, so he, he needs to apply a different uh, uh, in different way the option, even the same option, even the reload, the load or uh, the grip on the weapons of the primary or the jack carbine or the hand. So there are so many parameters. Uh, we can build a standard and the same process is, for example, uh, the same process for the environment. There are so many different environments with so, diff so many different parameters. We can't say we always do this kind of action because it depends where we need to apply that action. Uh, for, just to give you an idea, we talk a lot of time about holster or uh, if you work in a country and uh, that uh, has a hot environment like uh, South America where the, the, the weather is uh, almost warm or really hot, and normally you dress a simple t-shirt or shorts or something like that, become very hard to hide in a gun. And there are some cities, some places in South America where if someone saw the print of a gun, so that you carry the gun, it's very easy that uh, you can understand maybe you're a law enforcement officer or something like that, but you, 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 you don't go back home. It's, it's enough for remain for for be killed for be shot soon. So it's it's very different, you know. Uh, and there, you know, it's very hard even to to carry uh, the, all the theories about how to consider uh, how to carry the weapon in considered carry uh, become harder, you know, because uh, uh, not always you can choose your platform. I always say uh, I, I'm not a deep follower about the technology. I mean. Uh, uh, because uh, many times when I work outside in different countries, uh, they didn't give me the last model or the last uh, platform of uh, AR platform or M4 or something like that. Many times we work with a file, many times we work with a, some platform that they came from Second World War, for example, with a Tomiga suppressed Tomigan without a stock or with a shorter mag. Uh, and you need to adapt yourself to the platform and, and you and the platform to the environment. So this means that you need to be trained uh, to work and to uh, 
to be able to work in in all kind of environments, not only in the easier one, not only with, uh, with uh, all the proper parameters or the proper conditions where you can find a gun shop every corner or where you can have access to the best uh, of the technology in this industry. It's not this. This is just fancy. This is something that can work only on the range. You know what I mean? Because life is not perfect. And this is the, the point. You need to be able to react and to adapt yourself in this imperfection of life. You know? and I don't know if in my Zinglish this is clear, but... Uh, English is clear. Yeah, okay. So this is uh, this is uh, is the point. So I think that you know uh, even uh, when we talk, I had uh, had the pleasure and the honor to uh, have met. For example, in January we were in Vegas with a bunch of Navy Seals, and one of the guys told me, "Zero, you see, uh, you know, I saw uh, a lot of videos, and uh, one eighty-five percent of what I saw is something that we do and we apply, but fifty percent, fifteen percent of what I saw." There is no way that we apply that in combat. And this was, for me, was a great pleasure to receive this kind of uh, information. And, uh, you know, even because 85% for, for that kind of, uh, for that standard for me, more than enough. But uh, I told him, let's talk about the 15%, not about the 85%, it's too easy. So what's, uh, so we start to talk about what he saw on, on the video and we found the video and we start to analyze together. And I explained this. And I, I saw the video, uh, the, the point where he, he didn't agree was a point where the, the operator was, a, by the way, was a case, uh, just a case, but was another Navy for a Polish guy. And uh, was a video about ICTS, single, single run, as a kind of drill we, we use. And the guy went back and ran at 360 degrees. And he said, there are no way that we, regret, uh, we regret in combat, we always go forward, uh, never mind. And I said, yes, but you are a Navy SEAL, you apply some tactics as Navy SEAL, you are uh, equ uh, equipped like a Navy SEAL. Think about that many times we teach to counter narcotic unit, we work with and we train the undercover that they only handle. So it's, it's not the same tactics. And I, I told him, you know, this kind of video, in those video, that condition, uh, uh, doesn't want to recreate a, a, a real scenario. It's a, it's a kind of, uh, it's a kind of uh, tool that we use for. It's like a boxer. The boxer jump on the ropes, but this doesn't mean that after he, if he know perfectly that he is not going to find the rope on the, uh, on during the match, he use a punch ball, but he know perfectly that. Uh, he never. Uh, the difference in a drill and a scenario. He, yeah, he used the rope and used a punch ball to arrive to perfect shape. And we do the same. We apply many drills, many protocols to arrive to the perfect shape for a real scenario. But doesn't mean this doesn't mean that every drill, every every protocol needs to recreate a real scenario. Are just tools to arrive to the real scenario. That's that's the point. So when at the end of the the explanation the, uh, we we start to have uh, this really amazing discussion with uh, uh, with the, with this guy, he said, "Me makes sense. You are you are right. Makes sense because I said, you know, many countries, you know, we train people that work with uh, with sandals, not with a tactical boots, and they they paid five dollars for day. We 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 work with people that fight with uh, shorts." Not uniform with the holster that uh, 
you know, with the AK that are assembled with many different pieces, different pieces, you know, and so it's so different. We can't always have the, the perfect condition. It's too easy. We need to be able to, to adapt ourselves to work even in that condition. Have an open mind. When we shut our mouths and listen, we learn stuff. And not everything that we learn, we're gonna keep or use. It's not, may not be for us. I'm not for everybody. That's, and I get it, that's just fine. But we can learn and we can hold each other accountable and we can do it in a way that, that benefits the whole community. Zero, thanks for joining me all the way in from Italy. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure for me. If you enjoy Gunfighter Cast and feel that the show contributes to your self-defense training and education, please help me out by pledging a dollar amount per episode through Patreon. You tell Patreon how much you want to pledge per episode, and it'll charge you on the first of each month based on how many episodes were released. I typically release six to eight shows per month, but Patreon allows you to set a cap so I don't go crazy and release 50,000 episodes to take all your money. I'm Daniel Shaw. Thanks for listening to Gunfighter Cast. Gunfighter Cast, out.